You're listening to CX Passport, the show about creating great customer experiences with a dash of travel talk. Each episode, we'll talk with our guest about great CX, travel, and just like the best journeys, explore new directions we never anticipated. I'm your host, Rick Denton. I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Let's get going. ACF Fiorentina, Chelsea FC, AC Milan, Barca, PSG, Bayern Munich. I know there's a segment of listeners out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't and wonder what gibberish I just uttered, those are some of the most visible and popular soccer, or for today's guest, football, clubs in the world. I can assure you that someone who calls himself the CX goalkeeper is very familiar with those names. Today's guest, Greg Uglioni, a.k.a. the CX goalkeeper, takes that love of the beautiful game and brings it to the discipline of customer experience. A fellow podcaster, now listeners, hit pause, search up CX goalkeeper on your fave podcast site, subscribe, and then come on back and hit play on this episode. Greg understands that it's not B2B or B2C, but H2H, human to human. With Greg living in Switzerland, you know I'm also excited to hear about his travel and global experiences. Greg, welcome to CX Passport. Rick, it's a really a great pleasure. And also to your audience, it's really a big, big pleasure to be here. And I am really thrilled to have a discussion with you. You have an outstanding podcast. You are de- doing outstanding things around customer experience and therefore extremely keen to have this discussion with you. Thank you very much. Well, my goodness, I feel so warm and excited. Let's just end the podcast there. Thank you, Greg. It's been nice talking with you. <laughs> no. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye-bye. No, no, no way am I going to let the CX Goalkeeper leave that early. Greg, let's actually explore CX Goalkeeper a bit. How does football, Oregon, for my American listeners, or soccer, apply to customer experience? That's a really a good, good question. And I want to be fully transparent from the beginning. I had a discussion with James Dotkins, and everybody know, knows James Dotkins if you are a bit in the customer experience field. And I had a chat with him and he told me, you know, Greg, um, I am in the customer experience field and I love uh, Rocky music and therefore I'm the CX rock star. Now right. he's working for a, for, a, for a company, for a big corporate, but he was the CX rockstar. And then I told him, yes, but my passion is, is uh, customer experience and is uh, soccer. And he said, then it's great. Then you have your match. Now find, you a, find a story to tell to the world. Yeah. And he, he was really nice because he also, at the beginning of his career, he was also speaking about football or soccer. And, and he shared with me some ideas. And I said, but at the end, it's, it's true. We, I can be inspired by soccer and share my view on things. Because at the end, we are a lot of people in customer experience. And we are trying to spread the same things, the same ideas how to cope with transformation, how to be customer-centric and so on. And if I would be the next one, bringing always the same example of outstanding company like Zappos, Disney, Amazon, and so on, it's always the same story. And therefore I said, let's try to 
tell a story, but a different one. And it's clear, not everything fit between customer experience and, and, and soccer, but there are quite a, quite a lot of, of things. And if you want, I can share one only to, to, to kick off the discussion. Oh, no, I absolutely want to hear the, the how does it apply? Because I can start to envision some things, but the CX goalkeeper clearly is someone who's going to know what the, the tie-in to soccer, football, and CX is. So what what is that tie? How does that work? Really extremely happy then. Please, ladies and gentlemen, plan the next five hours because I'm going oh, to speak for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Joke by side. It's maximum 90 minutes. Oh, <laughs> no, goodness. <I> can't. <laughs> no, well, I control the editing, so haha. -ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, no, but back to soccer. You are always selecting the highlights, and I want to share also with you only mm -hmm. the highlights like after a soccer match. First of all, if we think about the customers in, uh, in soccer, or the fans, mm -hmm. and think about the fans. Fans are emotionally involved in, in what they are doing. They are spreading positive word of mouth every day for their team. Even if their preferred team lost the match, it means they had a bad experience and they continue sharing positive word of mouth. Oh, yeah. And they are spending quite a lot of money. <laughs> think about True. how much merchandise <laughs> I bought from my preferred team and how much I spend for tickets watching uh, watching team. And I think quite a lot of businesses are dreaming of having customer like fans. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That fan, uh, you almost have a built-in promoter. <laughs> they will always recommend exactly. that team to their, their friend and family for sure, won't they? Exactly. I, I think that's, uh, that's what I'm always saying. I will promote my team forever if they win the championship, if they win the Champions League, but even if they would lose all the matches, I am emotionally linked to them. And therefore, I try to support them as much as possible. How do you see the players? I'm wondering about the players on the field or on the pitch. I'm still learning, but you know, players on the pitch. How would you describe them in the context of customer experience as they weave together? I think for me, it's it's quite clear and everybody has a different story, but they are the employees. And okay. based, based on the fact that you are mentioning that really summarize to the maximum, you have 11 players on the pitch and they have all together the same target to win the match. Okay. They know I have the target to win the match. I cannot win alone or there are really a small, small amount of players that they can that can win the match alone. <laughs> True. <laughs> but normally they win together. They are helping each other. And therefore the coach selects the best suited players to win the game based on the competitors. Mm -hmm. Think about doing exactly the same in business. Instead of having the accounting department, the finance department, uh, the contact center department, the marketing department, you take all the best people, the best player, the best employees from these teams, you put them together to achieve one common goal. In our customer experience language, for example, to optimize one journey, not mm -hmm. only in the run the business, but also in the change the business. Then you have one super motivated team from all the different departments that are enabled and empowered to achieve something. Think about having this opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I like the way you're talking about the 11 players, because especially, well, actually in, in almost any sport, but I think about soccer or football specifically, you think of those 11 players, you've got somebody as distinct as the goalkeeper, 
who is there to to do the, their role, all the way up to the striker who is there to do their role. You got the midfielders, the bat, all of, all of these different roles. And yet you said something that caught my ear, and that is, but they all have one target. Now, not every single one of them, and okay, sometimes it happens, but not every single one of them will actually put the ball in the net. But their role is to help build to a scenario that the person who does put the ball in the net is successful at putting the ball in the net. And so they all, in spite of what their role is, will have that same one target, that one objective. That really does, I would imagine that does resonate with business. Exactly, because think about the different department having different targets. It's like it's the same. If we tell to the midfield players, you need to run as much as possible, they could run in round 10, 20, 40 kilometers or yeah. miles, and they would achieve their goal, but they didn't win the match. Yeah. And therefore, thinking about different departments ever having different targets, it doesn't really make sense because we know that marketing needs to improve acquisition. Uh, the, the, the operations contact center needs to decrease cost. Uh, risk needs to, uh, to, to, to control all the risk. But these are concurring targets. And therefore, you need to define which goal is the most important. And then you need to enable the team to empower the team yeah. to achieve this overarching goal that it's, in our words, uh, achieving a better experience for our customer. Yeah, I, I like that. And even if they do, because sometimes those goals, there's a reason to have these individual department goals. Like you said, marketing is sales acquisition or whatever it might be. All right. There's that part, but it's all tied to the game is only won or lost. And soccer football is, is particularly painful in this regard, actually, by the number of goals that go in versus the number of goals that go against. Uh, it is amazing how many matches I've seen where the team dominates possession, dominates, um, pick your metric that you might use and yet the only one that matters is goals it's a it, it, i think your cx goalkeeper really really does apply in, in an amazing way here now let me let me pull us off the pitch a bit here because i think we could spend the whole episode talking about that but i want to talk to you about something you said uh, as well you mentioned transformation and it is such a hot word right now transformation it can be organizational transformation digital transformation experience transformation there's so many categories but i'm curious what transformation means to you when you use that phrase especially in the context of customer experience i think um, and I could start mentioning the, the pillars defined by Cotter, the, the 11 different pillars, but I think that's not something that you can read somewhere. And therefore, I try to bring my view on that. If we're speaking about transformation, it's always related to people. People are in one status and we need to bring them to another one. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and this change is difficult. I think we all agree change is extremely difficult. Yeah. And therefore, it's important to involve people from the beginning. Try to explain them why we are doing why we are doing this transformation. Why is it relevant? On a positive way, in a positive way, you can do that, explaining afterwards will be everything better, or in a negative way. You say if we are not moving, if we are not changing, then we will be not in business anymore. Right. Right. And therefore, I think the key is always thinking about people. So that that element of bringing them in from the beginning, and especially in some difficult transformations, right? There, there's a tendency I've seen in companies to somewhat hide that information, to perhaps not involve the employees. And I realize certain things, but just by nature, let's say it's a merger and an acquisition, and there's certain reasons you have to keep things more secret than others, but in a general sort of change. What is it about companies that 
you know, hesitate to bring that to the employees? And how have you sort of helped drive making sure that it is in front of the employees, that they understand the why? How do, how do you get that out there, that that why and, and, and the, the key elements of change to help bring that employee along? Also there, I think extremely important is to match and to align what is top management ex- expectation from the boards oh, yeah. together with the employee's expectation. Okay. And I often share this story and it's a real story and it's my real story. You know, I worked uh, at Accenture, one of the, the biggest consulting company. And as a young consultant, you are allowed to speak with the C-suite and you depict slides and this is the transformation. These are the plan and we do this and that. And I did that also in in one company. And then I went to the contact center manager and I told him, now we start doing the transformation. And he said, stop, stop, stop. This is what you see on your slides and what you're discussing in the boardrooms. Now you come together with me, we go into the call center, you sit next to an employee and you listen to the calls. And you really try to listen, what are the issues of the customer calling us? And afterwards you tell me if what you depicted is really what (laughs) what we need. And and it was an... uh, art school but it was the reality you discuss on one side about we need a new app with these fancy products with this fancy feature and so on and on the other side you have the customer that it's not able to come onto into your website is not finding the information and therefore needs to call you the customer needs to wait 20 minutes in the waiting line is completely unhappy because he was required to wait 20 minutes and the employee needs to use 15 different system to change the address. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a truism that we need to make sure and keep that front line or, or to learn from what the front line is experiencing. And when we talk about that front line, what's so vital is how many companies fail to do exactly what that person brought you to do. And that was just come here and experience, come here and listen. And Kind of walk me through that experience, Greg, a little bit deeper. What were some of the things that you discovered by sitting there with the front line, the agents on the phone that you didn't know ahead of time that were a bit of a surprise to you? What were some of your discoveries as you went through that? Uh, it's, 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 it's strange to say, but uh, you design an experience and then a customer goes through this experience right. and they are not doing what you expect. <laughs> huh, funny that way, right? Exactly. This is ext- extremely difficult to understand because if you are, and the credit card issue was quite inside out focus, we know our business, mm-hmm. we know what our customer needs, then to change this mindset, for example, introducing a voice of the customer okay. uh, solution. This is what, what we did and, and it helps really to try to understand and to create awareness around what were really the, the issue that our customer were facing. And uh, we, and quite a lot of companies were extremely product focused. Mm-hmm. We need to improve this product, we need to improve this feature and so on. But related to the products, it's also all the experiences that the, the, the customer are having or feeling and trying to solve issues because you, you can have the best possible product on, on the market, mm-hmm. speaking about credit cards with the right feature, with the right insurance and so on. And then you go to the shop and the card is not working. Right. And these are the experiences that our customer were facing. 
they forgot their PIN code and they were not able to use the card. They were not, um, for example, not all the cards were accepted around the world. If we are speaking about American mm -hmm. Express, the acceptance of American Express outside of the States, it's not so big. Okay. And, uh, and therefore, um, and therefore, these are really the basic issues that our customer were facing. And for me, but also for the company, it was important to understand, let's first fix the basics and then start speaking about delighting customer, creating wow experience and all this stuff. But first of all, it's important to manage the basics and having running system that works properly and enable a consistent superior experience. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to your the, the football analogy, right? And some of what you just said certainly applies there. It's really great if you can design a phenomenal set piece, something really exceptional on a corner or a free kick that surprise, let me, let me use this, surprises and delights your fans into a goal. But if you haven't gotten the basics of just being able to pass between two players and making sure that your touch when the the keeper kicks it halfway down the field that you can actually get that ball and secure that ball and secure possession and that you've got a very you know thoughtful approach to how you're going to defend if there's an overlap or those kind of basics it really doesn't matter how fancy your set piece is what matters is your basics and taking that to the credit card example you're describing there get some of those basics in play and when you had the opportunity to sit there and listen to the front line and then i imagine the company listening to them the voice of the customer through the front line some of those basics and those basic needs come to mind as opposed to the really fancy things that perhaps a marketing team or a product team might want to design let's get the basics right first i'm with you there greg for sure and uh, think about trying to delight your customer but in soccer and you start the game losing 3-0 yeah <laughs> but you've got a really really cool corner kick that's great uh, but you're losing three to zero <laughs> exactly or they played very well, but they lost 3-0. Yeah, exactly. And, I know. Oh, and boy, that hurts. Therefore, <laughs> exactly. First, it's really the basics needs to yeah. work properly. And yeah. afterwards, then you can start trying to delight the customer. Yeah. And there are quite a lot of examples because at the end, really, the basics should work properly. Yeah. And then you can start thinking about everything around. And the basics need to consistently work. And then yeah. you can strategically delight your customer when you are winning 3-0 then you can start doing the strain the different corner kick or score a, a special goals and stuff like that right, right. but first of all score the goals that you need to. <laughs> so true you know the word delight comes to mind uh, that you just said there and we i did mention that i'm talking to you in switzerland right now well i'm not in switzerland sadly but you're in switzerland and i've had the chance to go there although it was a long time ago 1995 so it was that long ago but i remember it as one of the most beautiful places in the world but for you it's home so i'm curious thinking of switzerland or maybe even outside of switzerland in that area what are some of the stories from travels you've had in that region or even beyond uh, you know for, for me it's it's always related to my family. I travel with, I love to travel with, with my wife and thinking about one, one jo this, this is the running gag with, with my wife. We went to, to, to Italy and it was really a nice hotel. It's not five star. It was three star or two stars. And uh, it was really nice. We went there, right weather and so on. And then the, the lady at the desk told us, oh, you reserved your uh, dinner for eight o'clock. 
and said, okay. yes, we will go to for dinner at eight o'clock. And then we, we, we do all the paperwork, we created everything. And then uh, she told us, your dinner is reserved for eight o'clock. And we said, yes, it's understood. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, really, we moved to the, to the elevator. She brought us to the elevator and she said, do you remember your dinner is at eight o'clock? <laughs> Okay. We went into, into the room and it's not a joke. The, the, the phone rang. You know, your dinner is at eight o'clock and it was 4 p.m. Or oh something my goodness. Like that. We had plenty of time. And this is the running gig when I asked my, my wife, when do we have dinner? Or she asked me, then I said, it's <laughs> eight, eight o'clock. <laughs> now, Greg, you've got to tell me the, the end of that story. Did you make dinner by eight o'clock? Sure, and it was a nice dinner, but we were quite stressed to be really on time That's for right. this dinner. <laughs> it, I wonder if there was some cultural differences there that you were dealing with a culture that was very time punctual, and they perhaps perceived that you might not be a time punctual couple. I don't know, but that's a very, very yeah, important eight o'clock. But this is there. the big. This is the big difference because normally. Swiss people are really punctual and we presented ourselves as Swiss people and therefore you should tell us at 8 o'clock then we are there 5 to 8 it's not quarter past 8 or something like <laughs> right. that and therefore it was really strange but for us it's, it's, it's the running gag Ah uh, Greg what a great story finding yourself at dinner I hope that you can have both those dinners that are punctual on time when you want them to be but then also I remember some glorious dinners that I've had. I'm thinking about some overlooking the Tuscan countryside where it was just, hey, it's your table for the night. You stay here as long as you want, as little as you want. Just have a great meal. But that's the beauty of these kind of travels. Now, I do know one thing about travel. It can be exhausting at times. And so it's important to get a little lounge action from time to time. So how about you join me here in the first class lounge? We'll move quickly here and have a little fun. What is a dream travel location from your past? Um, it was Mauritius. Ooh, tell me about that. Uh, that was uh, simple. And it, again, for me, and I hope that you understand that and you are feeling that I am really focused on people. And for me, mm. Mauritius was uh, something I was I was dreaming of. And uh, I am really happy that my wife was also dreaming of. And therefore, we decided to spend our honeymoon in Mauritius. First of all, we went to Dubai. We spent three days there and then we flight to Mauritius. And, uh, and this was really a dream vacation for us. Man, I've heard such good things about it. It's, a, it's an exotic destination. I hope to be there sometime. Well, and so what about, the, what about for you? What is a dream travel location that's your future that you've not been to yet? This is a, a good question. And it's also linked to the past Hawaii. Tell me about that. I haven't been to Hawaii in a long, well, I can tell you, 2001. So it's been a while. Tell me about it. What, what draws you there? Manium PI. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I guess whatever markets, if the Hawaii Tourism Board is using Magnum PI. That was really, really a, a big a big dream because I was watching these this movies and yeah. uh, and I was always thinking that there it's really need, it need to be really nice. And yeah. it was in, in the younger age and therefore I was dreaming of flying there. Oh, very nice. Now, let me ask you this. Magnum PI, the current version of it or the one from the 80s no, with no. Tom Selleck? Tom Selleck, the old one. <laughs> For my listeners, because this is an audio podcast, Greg has not gone all the way. He does not have the big Tom Selleck mustache. Don't worry. 
But he is, he, I can tell that he's ready to, to head to Hawaii given the grin that I'm seeing. What is a favorite thing of yours to eat? Oh, this is, uh, this is really a difficult question because, you know, I am half Swiss and half Italian. And therefore, uh, I like, uh, I really like and enjoy having dinner together with my family. Mm. But I try to reduce it to two different dishes. One is sushi and the other one, sorry, I need to say that it's spaghetti. Well, hey, look, you don't need to apologize for that at all. Spaghetti is good. Now, don't combine spaghetti and sushi, but yes, mm -hmm. uh, the, the two are, are wonderful things. Now, let's go the other way. What is a thing your parents forced you to eat, but you hated as a kid? Oh, this is a story, and I think your audience will laugh for the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, I don't like spinach, or I didn't like spinach. Okay. And, uh, and my mother told me these are green spaghetti, and <laughs> therefore... I ate them. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant... Parents are amazing how we will lie to our children, and it works. But, exactly. Uh, um, who knows? Maybe with uh, your, your child, you will be talking about green spaghetti as well. That may be one of your tips. Let's go back to travel. Let's close out here at the First Class Lounge. What is one travel item, not including your phone, that you will not leave home without? Uh, it's it's my cap. It's really I always have a cap. It's not to advertise my podcast. You already did that, but uh, when I'm going on vacation, I always have a cap with me. Ah, uh, Greg, I love the idea of the cap. As my um, I, I, and by the way, listeners, I'm not suggesting this is why Greg is wearing a cap. But for me, I too have to always be somewhat aware of my hat because, well, I don't have quite as much hair on the head and I'm finding myself sunburned there more than I like to be sunburned. So the cap does become particularly important in certain destinations like Arizona or others that have a lot of sun. You know, one thing I noticed, Greg, in your LinkedIn profile when we were getting to know each other is, and I referenced it in the introduction, but you said it's not about B2B or B2C. We are in an H2H, human-to-human environment. I love it, but I really want you to expand on it. What does that mean to you? I think throughout my career, I had the chance and the opportunity to speak really with a lot of people, to see a lot of different projects and, and so on. And we, and you can discuss about the targets, the metrics, and how you measure transformations. But at the end, it starts and it ends with, with, with human beings. We are all human beings. We are, for example, forgetting that when we start working, we are also customers. Right. When uh, and we have different roles. I am a father. I I work. Therefore, I'm uh, a manager or a leader, mm -hmm. and I have different. Roles, but at the end, we are always human beings, and we should never forget that we are human beings. Basically, for me, it's also important, and this is something that I didn't say, but I when I listened to that, I said yes. That's the truly true. We are in the field of customer experiences. Customers are human beings and experiences are human. Yeah. And therefore, my focus switch from technology, process, methodologies, and so on to the human. And if you focus to them and you create this coalition, you create a great team back to the, to, to the, to the sport and to the soccer team, then you can really win the championship. That, that focus on human is so important. And I've actually had a guest. Uh, I think the timing will work out that it's the episode prior to yours, Farron out of uh, Dubai. 
and he talks about we should stop calling it customer experience. We should call it human experience. And and everybody should do hashtag HX and those sorts of things. And whether that catches on or not, but the point is still important that it's focusing on the human. And I think that's where even the, the story that you told back in your days at Accenture being, hey, let's go listen to the front line. That humanizes it. You're not looking at scorecards. You're not looking at dashboards of a bunch of metrics or you know, the customers averaged into one score, but rather each individual customer has their own individual experience. And that that forcible choice to think human helps me as an individual, helps teams, helps companies think of the humans that are being supported by the business decisions that are being made. I, I love that approach that you're making, Greg, by saying, hey, we're in a human-to-human -human environment. I want to, as I kind of cheat and look to the side here, I see that we're nearing the end of time. So I want to close out kind of linking those thoughts together with a current experience of yours. You're, you're helping transform employee experience at a well-known hospital in your area. And, and we all know that employee experience is a key factor of customer experience. So let's, let's talk about that in that context of human to human. How do you think about employee experience and how do you help transform employee experience? Uh, this is a, a great question. And as you mentioned, I started working in, in, in an hospital and therefore it's, it's really the beginning of the transformation. Uh, my, my boss started a bit earlier than me, but I started 1st of December and I am really trying to, to understand what drives people in their business life. Why are there? And there are really great stories. I was speaking with, uh, with physicians and, and they told me, you know, for me, I am really motivated and I want to spend my time together with the patients. And this is for me the most important thing to work with them. But I understand that we need to change because I don't have enough time to spend or to invest with each patient. And therefore, if you from this transformation can help us investing our time in a better way together with the patients, then we can really understand them better and we, we can help them better. And therefore, also there for me, the first thing is to listen. And then when I get enough information, then to start trying to use these methodologies that well-known methodologies like uh, patient experience, employee experience, the design of the different journeys and creating new, new journeys for them. But now for me, it's time to listen. We have two ears, one mouth, and therefore I try to listen tw twice as much as I am speaking and, and really trying to motivate the people. We have this, 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 our vision is we simplify life of employees and of, um, of our patient. And there it's, it's our focus, how we can simplify life and explaining to everybody working there why we are doing that. We are yeah. doing that to simplify your life and, and the other one. That simplification, so important. You you even alluded to it back in the Accenture story when you talked about uh, a customer calling in and the employee has to go to 15 different screens to find mm -hmm. information. You know, th that kind of simplifying the employee experience, the physician experience, the nurse practitioner experience, the radiology tech experience, all of those employees – the, the simpler that it is made for them, that the business, the bureaucracy of medicine is made simple for them, then they can turn their energy not to how on earth do I fill in this chart, but instead listening and caring for the human that is there at great need. All right. If you're in a hospital, you're typically at great need and you want a human interacting with you, not just some employee robot. And 
I, I think there's a lot to that. I think I, I hope that you and I can continue to stay in touch as you go through this journey with the hospital experience, because I think that's going to provide some really interesting stories of how you've made lives better for the physicians, the nurses, the techs, and then how in turn that made it better for the patients as well. I think this is the value added of our community, the customer experience community, that we help each other and we try to explain the others what we are doing, why we are doing, how we are doing that, and then we can grow together. And at the end, if I make a mistake, why should you do exactly the same mistake? I can tell you, pay attention, I did this and that, and it didn't work in my case. Perhaps you can you can learn something from, from what I'm doing. Yeah. Man, Greg, I hate that we're out of time, but we are out of time. So thank you so much today. I, I love that we started CX Goalkeeper, right? Talking about the CX Goalkeeper, getting a sense of um, how that applies, the, the sport of football, the sport of soccer, how that applies to customer experience, walking me through all of your transformation experiences. Certainly, I hope that you have dinner at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. I, I hope that that happens uh, for sure. And then closing out with the, the human, the human to human, the patient experience, describing that at the hospital, so beautiful. I think there's so much that we can learn there. There's a lot that people might want to learn from you or hear from you. How can people get in touch with you? How can they hear CX Goalkeeper? How can they get in touch with you? The easiest way is LinkedIn. You can okay. find me on LinkedIn or you can uh, use my website, www.cxgoalkeeper.com. And if you add slash podcast, then you will find also my podcast. Awesome. I'll get all of that into the show notes so that if you're listening to this now, don't have to write it down, just scroll down and you can take a look there at the show notes and be able to access Greg's contact information, the best way to get in touch with him. Greg, thank you so much today. I wish you all the success on the uh, in your world on the CX pitch going forward. Thank you very much, Rick. It was really a great, great pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoyed this travel together with you, this journey together with you, and I hope that the audience can learn something from what we discussed. Thanks for joining us this week on CX Passport. Make sure to visit our website, cxpassport.com, where you can hit subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, you can check out the rest of the ex for cx website. If you're looking to get real about customer experience, ex for cx is available to help you increase revenue by starting to listen to your customers and create great experiences for every customer, every time. Thanks for listening to CX Passport and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Until next time, I'm Rick Denton, and I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Passport.